So a few people have been asking me about the surfing MP uh, and an evening of firsts. I can indeed confirm that this episode's crew for Crest in partnership with Elusive, namely producer Dodd and myself, did just meet, wax up and go for a session with someone who only a day ago was strutting the corridors of power in the House of Commons. Yet producer Dodd is actually going to join us a little bit at the presenter's chair for this one because he is a bit of a politics geek. Uh, and, and a bit of a Marxist, a dyed-in-the-wool Marxist, isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, fun surf we just had, wasn't it? If you like, show the high onshore slot there. Yeah. Remember last time we had question time, or question time as it got dubbed, the jock versus purist debate? Well, that escalated rather quickly. After dispatching Logan Nickel and I, albeit with the help of some dubious judging from Breach Lawrence, producer Dodd has decided that Crest in partnership with Elusive is moving up in the world, as far as debating goes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we had our first Olympic medalist earlier this series, And now it's time to welcome to the Garden Studio our first MP. Uh, No, you did hear that right the first time. MP, as in Member of Parliament. We love an interesting profession episode, and perhaps there isn't a job you'd imagine as being further from beach culture than Member of Parliament. But think again, you'd be wrong. Yes, for several decades, Wales has had a surfing MP. Perhaps this is just the one we know about. How do you balance that job with sandy toes then? And does it influence your views on the stuff that matters? We'll talk the ocean, lifestyle, and of course debate a few key policies from a surfer's perspective. Yes, it's true, Crest is going serious. Kind of. Yes, our guest this week is none other than the Tory Tornado, or at least his white collar boxer name was that. It's the Right Honourable David T.C. Davis MP. Welcome to the show, Dave. Lovely to see you. So, uh, yeah, Dave Davis, uh, Dave T.C. Davis, the Right Honourable oh, Dave oh. T.C. Davis. Is it Right Honourable or Honourable? It's only Honourable, I'm it's afraid. Only honorable, yeah, you, you've got to go up a level to get the do, right. Do you get to Wrong Honourable eventually? <laughs> <laughs> Some people would say we're all there already, but... Uh, um, yeah, welcome, Dave, to, the, no, to, nice to, to Crest you, in nice partnership with Elusive. Great, great to be here. So, so how do you balance a job like that with sandy toes, then? Um, well, and, and, and does it influence your, your views on the stuff that um, matters? I don't think it influences things, but it's, um, it's, it's a bit tricky logistically, because obviously I'm in London four days a week, so I'm out right. about once a week now, which isn't uh, ideal, but still, it's, um, yeah, it's quite possible, to quite manageable, really. I've yeah. been coming down here for a lot longer than, um, than I've been an MP for, yeah. and hopefully we'll keep coming. Oh, great. Yeah, we will be talking ocean lifestyle and, of course, debate a few key policies from a surfer's perspective. Well, Crest is... Are we, is Crest going serious or is it kind of? Uh, well, let's see. Let's, let's pretend. See. <laughs> Times are good, summer's here, and stuff is starting to open. Um, and uh, we're hoping a little bit later to bring in um, somebody from the Bridgend Youth Council, um, Mac. Now, now, Mac has got to finish his shift in the high tide first, so we're listening out through the garden studio for the sound of, uh, of his wheels or rather his mother's wheels outside. He might get you before we finish recording. Uh, who knows? Um, so, yeah, we've got, we've got, uh, we're in the Crest Garden studio. Um, and, yeah, I am starting to feel a little bit like Fiona Bruce now. Um, anyway, this, the sense of his spread... Like <laughs> <laughs> the sense of his spread studio is here. 
Um, Wales' beach communities coming further out of lockdown. So can you promise us uh, that the direction of travel is now set, Dave, as, as the government finally got this in hand? Well, obviously in Wales it's down to the Welsh government. Yeah. Um, more or less they've followed what the UK government have done. I wouldn't want to promise anything, but yeah, the direction of travel is to, is to lift lockdown rules, whether that happens... Um, next week or whether we get what we'll have an announcement on monday for the uk from the uk government which may or may not be followed in wales so i think the direction of travel is set but the speed of travel is not uh set in stone right okay yeah and obviously uh you know you consider the 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 vaccine rollout was only possible because of brexit wasn't it well it was i mean we would have we would be roughly where germany and france are if we'd stayed in the European Medicine Agency. So um, I don't think anyone can really argue with that one, but go on. Yeah. No, yeah, go a on, little bit later it, in the it. show, we're going to have a little political chat. I know there, 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 there would have been potentially ways we could have um, sorted our own vaccine, but nobody else in the European Union managed it. So yeah. okay. I'll, I'll stand by that one. Well, well, we'll start and we'll also end, though, with the one thing that we do have in common here, and, and that's surf. So mm. how and why did you uh, get into that in the uh, first place, Dave? Well, I got into that in um, 1989 when I was working in Australia for a year. Um, and I ended up in Surfers Paradise, but sadly oh, okay. didn't spend enough time surfing yeah. because I was working in a nightclub. In uh, Surfers Paradise? Um, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. It was it was a tough uh, job. <laughs> uh, that, that uh, oh, to, to be 19 again. That's the official business of Surfers Paradise, pretty much, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it, it was. Uh, it was. It was a good um, good time. Um, obviously, I did. Uh, I did think well, I was going to have a go at it. I got just about as far as really riding white water on um, on a big um, mini mail or something. And then came back and thought that was that, and then suddenly discovered, well, there's uh, surfing just down the road from where I live in Newport at the right. time. Yeah. So started coming out and actually met some guys from Newport. Um, and used to come out with a, a bloke I worked with actually called Stephen Harding, who sadly passed away recently. Right. He's quite well known around. He was one of the the early yeah, well, pioneers the, the, the of surfing. Newport, Engel, Newport was yeah. the kind of um, hub of yeah. fourth called surfing yeah. in the first place when there wasn't really a town here, you know. And the, well, back in the seventies, I think um, Engel was quite well known, and people still mention yeah. his name now. He mm. was a very good surfer. Um, mm. As I say, sadly he passed away, but he used to take me down here and other spots as well. Yeah. So it was good, good times. Wow. And and then in, in during a, a surfing life, have you? You know, I can confirm for the listener. You know, we're we're, we're talking about someone who's a proper, you know, a proper surfer. I've been surfing yeah. with Dave quite a few times over the last few years and you know you, you can surf you know which, which I do find not all as the well as you surprise. can that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very kind of you softening <laughs> us up later before the <laughs> um, no have you done a lot of travel then you know with, 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 with I, your I, I did earlier life? yes um, I mean I was lucky because I worked um, so we came back worked in Newport um, for a while and then I, I thought I, I wanted to do the same thing again so I wanted to go to New Zealand Right. Um, and, and just work over there and via Asia. Yeah. And I spent six months doing this sort of whole Indonesia thing. Um, oh, it's Sri Lanka. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Actually, I got quite ill at the end of this. And I must admit, I remember lying in lying fairly ill in bed and thinking, hang on a minute, I could actually be better off. I was think, dreaming of warm beer, pubs, the lads, and thinking, <laughs> hmm, Porth Call, Lantern Major, people may make fun, but actually you can be out there every day. And, yeah. um, you know, you can have a good time. So I came back. And uh, we, I never we, really went off. We've again. got all the time in the world for talking about how great a place well, Wales it is. It's a great place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much in case we encourage too many more people <laughs> to come down here, actually. You, you, you surf Rest Bay quite a lot. Yeah. We see you in Rest Bay. Where, where else do you go surfing regularly? Um, Lantern Major was always my break, actually, in the 90s. I always saw, surfed the point there. That was, In fact, I surfed that a lot more than Rest. 
Um, when you say the point now, do you mean that the, like the A-frame peak to the because they've got a weird nomenclature right. down there? Right. They? they call I it the mean, right. They call it yeah. the left. Okay, I mean the right-hand wave that breaks on the left-hand side. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, and I don't actually surf the left very much, which yeah. um, which, which they would be more the, natural for me. So they call they call that the peak, don't they? I think oh, I haven't got a clue. Well, I know where it is. And, they're, uh, they're a strange breed down there. Oh well, I'm not knocking them to it. I've been there many many times, but I never got to know anyone in Atlantic, whereas I always did in yeah. in Porth Oh, well, we got a lot of listeners in in Lant- Oh, so, I'm sure they're uh, a lovely uh, crowd in one Lantwit. Of our most I hate regular, one of our most regular guests <laughs> is, a, is the uh, the king of Lantwit, isn't he? King, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's not. Let's, he's, he's talking about somebody called Mark Vaughan. Let's not. Uh, let's not. Let's well, not stroke his ego anymore. Not, not to, to offend anyone in Lantwit. It is. It is a great wave on its day. And are you are you a consumer of surf media at all? You know, do no. you, do you, do you follow? You know, have you got favourite surfers or favourite surf movies or things like that? Obviously, apart from yourself, uh, <laughs> Tom. No, I I, well, I used to, I used to, but not really now. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't buy any of the mag. I'm sure nobody. Do they produce magazines these days? I they do. Yes, yeah, so you can okay. still get surf mags. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have got sort of online presences yeah. now as well, yeah. Not, not really, no. Yeah. But the, I put the films on for the kids. Yeah. But I've still got the old ones that I had back um, in the right. 90s. So do you have sort of... It, have you had influences on your style as a surfer or is it more sort of who's in the lineup with you? I think I think it's more a case of the board. And at the moment, I'm on, on a mini-mal or yeah. what I call a fat boy, if I'm allowed to call it that these days. That they call it, I saw the board you were on earlier. They call yeah. it a mid-length. Now. A That's mid-length, the new yeah. word for it. Yeah. A fun stick, flow stick it's called. How, yeah. long, so how long is it? It's seven foot, so it is a bit smaller than... Uh, I should have asked that before I got on it originally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely board. It catches everything. Yeah. It's a bit hard to paddle out on a, on a big day. But my, my nephew, who, um, who was actually brought up in France, he's half French, um, and went to university in Swansea and then trained to become a carpenter, is now um, in business shaping surfboards. Yeah. So uh, oh, he's, I'm he's, plugging him, by the way. Plugging yeah, that's his fine. Because he's going to... Uh, well, plug away, bro. Plug well, away. He's, well, he's... Um, uh, it's called uh, Magic Poison, I think his company is, and he's well. he's got a workshop in Portugal. He's shaping boards. He knows his stuff. He's a very good surfer, and um, he's shaping me a seven-foot fish. Nice. Where are in Portugal? I don't know, but it's not. Um, it's somewhere down in the south, Sagres oh, Way, I think. Oh, okay. He's lovely. in a little yeah, village yeah, down yeah. there, living the dream. Yeah, well, we've served Sagres a few times, haven't we? We have. Yeah. We've got listeners down there too. Yeah. yeah. So, balancing like Westminster with surfing—is it just one of those things on a Friday evening? Get home, yeah. get in the water. Yeah, we we, are, we get um, we get back on a Thursday night normally, but then Friday is quite a busy day doing the constituency work because the the MP's job I would say is two roles. One is the political one, which you tend to see in the um, in the media where you in Parliament itself, and then the other side of it is more the um, the constituency side where you're holding surgeries or visiting things, visiting businesses, talking to people in the area. So you do that on the Friday or Saturday morning. So you should get one day off. Mm-hmm. And that I tend to only get out once a week. Oh, these so you, days. You're you're always like going surfing on the way back from the Commons, then, are you? Well, it's a weekend. It's yeah. a weekend um, activity for me now. I can't I yeah. can't get out in the week. So if you have a perf- the perfect swell arrives on Wednesday, um, you know I'm yeah. lost. Obviously, obviously over the recess periods though, um, there's a bit more flexibility. Mm. So I'm not saying I've not been spotted down here. <laughs> but you've, you've not like popped in for a quick surf and then like had like had like a sinus drain in the House of Commons. Which... I haven't done that, but I've popped in for a quick surf and then gone off and done um, TV interviews and had um, and had that. Yeah. Had oh, I've been outside um, Corum's shop trying to get changed into a pinstripe suit or something with um, a few <laughs> odd looks coming my way out there. Uh, but luckily, we go back quite a long way, so he's he's all right about it. 
Have, have you ever been tempted to purchase wax on expenses? Oh. I would <laughs> hey, never, come on, ever you can admit mess, this now. It's no, nowhere near as dodgy never, as Chris Grayley's uh, fat. Ever, ever mess with expenses. <laughs> never mess with expenses. You know, you've got to follow the expenses uh, rules to the letter. Oh, and then you, and then when fair, you finish we, we doing that, we did check. To be fair, yeah. you, you were one of the better ones. Oh, you listen, can imagine that. The, the, well, no, it, would, it would be the mirror would have in view. And you, can't imagine, you can imagine the mirror if you does. bought a bar yeah. of sex wax yeah. quick humps. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it wouldn't be a good look. It wouldn't be a good look at all. You, you, you've got to think. I always say, don't just think about the um, the rules. Think about what the Daily Mail will make of it. <laughs> yeah. Right, and then what yeah. about this one? Surely yeah. you must have been tempted to get an office staffer to give you a magic seaweed report sometimes. You know, oh, no, I've got it on my phone. Figures, I don't yeah. need that. I don't need that. It's on, it's on there all the time. Right. Well, what my office staffer is too interested in football. She's out, she's out there. I'm not sure if I should admit that. She's out there at the moment. Oh, right. Or following who? So, oh, in Baku. Well, so she, um, oh, great, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, obviously, obviously yeah. for the listener, this will be coming out a little bit later. Yeah, at the time of, <laughs> at the time of speaking, we're, Wales are in Baku. Um, and we're, we're hoping that by the time you're listening to this, listeners, they might have gone a bit further well, than Baku. Know. And uh, there's a lot going on in sport as well as the country opens up. We got uh, we were waiting for the, the less important cricket score of England versus New Zealand and the more important cricket score of uh, Pontier away at uh, Sully to find out how Rob's bowling is going on. I did, I did hear yeah, well, he was it was going a, it, the Whether Rob could attend or not, it depended on how well his bowling went, didn't it? And we decided not to chance it in the end. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, of our, uh, one of our former guests, Cindia Sosdian, uh, she's an academic. Mm-hmm. She's actually got the tides... In sitting in her online work, you know, in a in a computerized work calendar. So you know, whenever she's making a meeting, she's always she's a she's lantern based, so she knows right. Oh, okay, avoid a meeting at the wrong stage of the tide. Yeah, and then she reduces her chances of sort of not being able to go for a surf. I don't think I'll get away with that. Yeah, to be honest, I'll ask the prime minister next time I'm talking to him if he'd mind me oh, he rearranging. Pro- there's a photo of him swimming yeah. in the sea at Cornwall as of yeah, at the time well, of recording. I think he's a bit of a swimmer. Well, I think Matt Hancock has taken up surfing. Has he? Yes. I was going to ask you that. I don't don't know know if if that's a secret, but I have seen a picture of him standing on a foamy. Really? Mm. Wow. Mm. He's probably going to have a lot of time on his hands before long, isn't he? It must be a world away from the beach, though. Can can I ask, what is it actually like in the House of Commons when it's packed out during a debate? Does it compare to the shore break at High Tide Rest Bay on a busy summer day? Well, you may laugh, but it's it's not dissimilar because... um, if you're if you're actually speaking in the House of Commons, I, my slot actually for Welsh questions because I'm a, a junior minister in the Wales office. Right. So my slot comes just before Prime Minister's questions on a Wednesday. Right. And people come in when not now obviously because of COVID, but when uh, when we're we're sort of normally sitting. Yeah. People will pile in. They're not really interested in the Wales office. They're interested in the Prime Minister. So they get louder right. and louder, more and more aggressive. The moment's ticking away. It's getting up to twelve o'clock. They really want it, and so. There's shouting, there's hollering, there's there's catcalling. You're getting up there, and they're, they're basically shouting, "Who the hell are you? Get off! Let's get the oh, uh, the two prize fighters on." You're the under. <laughs> do you like you know? do you like feel like the support band? Yeah, you are. You are the support <laughs> band. I mean, that is that's a fair analogy. So then you you get the adrenaline because um, you know if you get it right, yeah, uh, it's it's going to feel good if you you know yeah. you get your point across if you land it properly. If you get it wrong, it's not a good yeah. feeling. If you yeah. run out of things to say. You're going to have three hundred. 350 people See opposite it. you shouting, yelling, laughing right. and um, making your life a complete misery. So you it's, get, it's get more, that right. It's, it's more like, um, you make it sound like, it's actually more like stand-up comedy. Obviously it's not com- comedic, but that's sort of heck- you've got to keep the hecklers at bay kind of thing. I think it's more like um, verbal boxing. Right. You know, it's great when it goes well. Yeah. Horrible if it goes wrong. You're a bit of a boxing fan, aren't you? So. I was, yeah. yeah. I'm not doing it now, but I was. Big, no, big I fan. Give, I gave big it fan. five years ago yeah. as well. <laughs> Yeah, you get you get. There gets to the point where you don't really want to be hit anymore. Yeah, 
the um, I, I was going to I was going to say about you know with regard to that being being in the House of Commons, um, a friend of ours, Harry Cromwell, who was on the show um, a couple of episodes mm. ago, had a heat in the world uh, in the ISA Worlds the other day um, in in El Salvador, and the heat the heat after him was Gabriel Medina, you know the sort of yeah. you know the, the, the current world number one at the time of recording. And we were saying a very similar thing when Harry was catching his last wave or two in the heat. We were saying, like, you know, people are now logging in to watch Gabriel Medina yeah. and they're kind of waiting for Harry's heat to be over. But on top of that, Gabriel Medina is sitting on the beach doing his warm ups and drinking his water and watching the lineup <laughs> and watching what Harry's doing on the waves. And you know, I don't know, hopefully not thinking, oh, well, I'd be doing that instead, you know. But you're right, even like the commentary team, five minutes before the end of the heat, it already started, like the camera had started to go mm. on to Medina and the commentary team were talking about Medina doing his warm ups yeah. and only giving Harry a kind of cursory thing, weren't they? That's yeah. a lot of pressure, isn't it? Yeah. Whatever, your, whatever your discipline is, whether it's frankly, whether it's um, speaking in the chamber or performing yeah. in the waves. But is it quite a sporting, I mean, in, in, in the first job I ever had, had I dealt with barristers quite a bit and I would see barristers go for each other mm-hmm. and really go for each other you know and I, I, I had to go in court a few times and quiz by barristers as part of my job and um, you know they, they'd sort of do anything they'd try and get people on contempt of court or they'd try and catch procedures mm-hmm. and sort of like you know, really challenge each other's careers and then they'd be having a drink together you know half uh, halfway through and sort of laughing and joking about it and then they'd be back mm-hmm. in and at mm-hmm. each other is does that kind of yeah, happen or like are there or are there no... like real enemies that you don't want to talk to oh, there, there are real enemies but they're as likely to be on your own side as the other side and right. there are a lot of people who you absolutely you go and have a drink with afterwards you could be tearing each other apart in the chamber and then afterwards um, yeah. go off and have a cup of... i mean peter law was like that the old um, labor mp right, lovely yeah. guy i mean he, he and he'd tear strips out i mean i'd have a go back in the welsh assembly it wasn't as good as he was he was very very good at what he did. Right. Sadly, passed away now. I and mean, he'd come out afterwards, and uh, he'd be chuckling. He said, "Come on, I'll buy you a cup of tea, boy." <laughs> honestly, well, like, great. Like he's just taught you a lesson. Yeah, that, yeah, that, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, come on now, then. Yeah, no again, like the white collar boxing or something. It, well, <laughs> it was before all that, but but um, but it was very good. The other, I mean, I remember him well because um, he was a minister, I think, local government in the Welsh Assembly. I used to write to him every week. I want this. I want that. Mm. Peter, you know, Minister Law. I, you know, I demand you build a bypass. And he, he had me in once. He said, "Right, come on in and see me officially." And make your case. So I went in there and I sort of started off on a bypass. I didn't know he said that cost too much, went to um, something else, underpass, cost too much. And in the end, I said, well, I need a brown tourist sign near Abergavenny. He looked at the officials, he said, give the boy his tourist sign. And I said, well, we can't just do that, Minister. And he said, listen, give the boy his tourist sign. I, he can't have anything else, but he can give him the sign. <laughs> and sure enough, a few weeks later, the sign went up. So, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good. good man. And, and uh, you know, it's it's stuff that people care immensely about some of the things that you affect or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or disaffect. Um, and, and I'm wondering if you've ever had trouble with the sort of general public. And we're, and we're bringing this round to surfing. You know, mm-hmm. have you ever had, you've been heckled in the lineup or had someone sort of shout at you in a car park or anything because well, they don't agree with something you've done? No, never. Um, in fact, I never thought I was getting recognised, but I realised I was a bit in Pulse Comment. It surprised me because I would expect to be recognised a bit in Monmouthshire. Right. But I wouldn't necessarily expect it to go beyond that. Yeah. But I think because, and as you know, I'm a Welsh speaker, so I, I suppose I'm one of the few Conservatives who appears on the news programme, so I do get yes. sometimes recognised. But no, I've never had a problem in Pulse Call. Never. Right, OK. No, I've had Todd Bendy Meyer, of course, in the shop. Yeah. Big Labour man. Yeah. But, um, you know, apart from that. I mean, yeah. I don't mean that in the nicest way. Of course, he's a great, uh, yeah. great guy. Yeah. How, um, how, this is actually interesting, actually. How did you, how do you um, cope with um, using social media as an MP? Because I bet that's really horrible. Oh, stop doing horrible, it now. Stop doing it, basically. Um, I'll, I'll put out um, stuff. I, I mean, I hate Twitter. I yeah. am on Twitter. 
Yeah, no, but I don't look at Crest it. Podcast follows you on Twitter. Well, that's very kind of you. But I've got to tell you, my wife said to me, I was getting into rows with people in the middle of that. She said, get it off the phone. Either that goes off the phone or, um, or I'm going. Wow. So, so it's off the phone. Because yeah. basically you put something out there, no matter how mundane or harmless it is, yeah. a whole load of people pile in. Well, what's the point? I said, well, well, I'll put out stuff, the press release and the rest of it. Those who want it can pick it up. I'm not, I'm not getting any. But you don't, I'm so not you engaging. don't ever delve no. into the comments anymore. That's, nah, waste of time. Waste of time. Yeah, because some of the MPs get absolutely crucified. Well, I do as well, but I can't. I don't see it anymore. So, I mean, good luck if you're if you're one of my Twitter trolls. Well, good luck to you. You're wasting your time, as far as I'm concerned, because I don't look at it. Fair enough. Yeah. Another question I wanted to ask, actually, um, as well, relates to... You, you mentioned before about going skateboarding. Yeah. And I didn't oh, you no. say you also go skateboarding. No, you mustn't say this online. Oh, right. <laughs> no, well, you can. I, I, um, all right, I'll, I now have to confess something that, is, uh, that has never been spoken of publicly. But during the lockdown, obviously, right. I couldn't go surfing at all. Yeah, so you've got a balance board or something, do you? Already? I bought one of those um, surf skates, Carver. Yeah. I, bought, right. I bought a cheap version, actually, right. the D Street... And um, and once I sort of got going on it, it is, it is what they say. You shut your eyes and imagine you're surfing and pump it a bit, and it works. Yeah, it's not actually a skateboard. I mean, you you would know the difference. Most of your listeners would know the difference and instantly yeah. say that's not a skateboard at all. Right. But I suppose if you um, if you weren't a skateboarder, you'd probably think it was. Right. And it's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great exercise. So at fifty, I, I mean, I've been sneaking down to the skate park occasionally and having a having a blast with it, and it's absolutely fantastic. Good. I don't know whether you've had a go or what. I mean, you've got it in the back of the car. I should give you a quick demo on the road. We'll if have, you a, want we'll have, have a quick blast. Have a quick go. This, yeah. 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 Now, let's talk a little bit about politics. Then, right? It, mm. It's fair to say that you would be on what would generally be considered the the right of UK politics if we drew a political well, yeah. compass. Yeah. So, so what draws you to this? Is there a kind of philosophy that underpins your convictions? Uh, I think there is. It's about um, minimising government interference in people's lives. Right. Um, that, would be the, that would be the overriding philosophy behind it. But I think that conservative politics tends to be about pragmatism rather than having a set plan that you try and follow come what may. Yeah. So, so for example, as we've seen during um, lockdown, we, we, we as a party tend to favour low tax, low government intervention. Right. But clearly... The pandemic's come along. It, this requires a different response. So we're not going to sit there saying, "Well, our template is this." Yeah. So we're going to have to stick to it. Actually, the the correct response was to have huge government intervention and spend a load of money. That was mm. the correct thing to do, right. given the circumstances. So, I like to think of, um, and I think I think conservative politics is pragmatic. It's hard to pin down mm. because it will be, you know, it, it, it it's not about building a, a socialist utopia based on Karl Marx or anything else like that. Mm. It is about having a fairly pragmatic view as to um, the right thing to do. Okay. Um, and that's you're talking about home, you know, how to run mm. the country at home, this country. Um, I've always thought that travel to poorer countries is a real eye-opener. Yes. And I think, I think that lots of surfers often then get pulled left, or at least in favour of mm -hmm. international aid um, or, 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 or supporting international development once they've travelled. Um, El Salvador, we just mentioned, having hosted the World Games and having hosted it with aplomb, it's a country which has earmarked its surf culture as, as one of the mm. cornerstones of its plan to come out of poverty after the terrible civil war you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the 70s and 80s. Um, I went to El Tunco where the contest was in 2006 and you know, it was a pretty torrid place yeah. you know, with plastic yeah. bags floating on down the river. El Salvador is a country which has benefited from two aid programs recently, one of which is the Sustainable Manufacturing and Environmental Pollution Program, which is about reducing plastics pollution. Um, the other one is Global Health Research. Um, 
And, uh, and if you look at what El Tunco is like now, you know, from what I've heard from Harry and from what I've seen on, you know, on the coverage, it's a far more salubrious area. So there's a country that seems to have really benefited there. So in that context, is it sort of right that these, some of these programmes are now facing cuts? Well, we're still spending 10 billion a year on foreign aid. So that's a significant amount of money. It's more than virtually any other country in the world. Um, I, I couldn't tell you which, which projects are being cut at the moment and which yeah. ones are working. No, I aren't. couldn't I tell suspect, you if that one no, in El but, Salvador is or not. I couldn't either, no. But, but you know, some, some are, no doubt about it. I would want to see the ones... You know, there are some which I think would be ripe for cutting. Yeah. It's hard to justify um, the fact that we're borrowing a large sum of money, much more than £10 billion a year. So you could say that all of the foreign aid we're spending at the moment is borrowed money. Right. Um, that's the first thing. Secondly, we have not drastically reduced foreign aid. We've brought it down from 0.7% of GDP to 05 in recognition of the fact that we've had to spend vast sums of money in this country. Mm. And I, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to throw out a little criticism since we're, you know, we're we're talking politics of of some on the left who have spent the last couple of years saying that Britain is a country full of people who are starving. I mean, I hear it all the time. You know, but there people are not starving. You recognise as I do. We've all travelled in the third world. There is no comparison between living standards in the third world and the UK. And therefore, it's pretty irresponsible for some in the church, for example, to, to have spent the last two years suggesting that there is a, a comparison mm. and then being surprised when the public is saying to us, as they're saying to me, and I get a lot of emails saying, cut all foreign aid. Mm. Why should we be spending any money abroad when people are starving in this country? So I think some on the left have got a little bit to, of, of soul searching to do because that line that they have pushed, which mm. is totally exaggerated, has, has fed directly into this um, this this push to to cancel all foreign aid, okay. which is not what we're doing. And that's either. interesting. I, I find the, that an entirely valid point to say that mm -hmm. Britain does not look anything like some of the things you see no. when you travel. And no. one example that I found particularly harrowing in my life of travel was when I went to Peru. Mm -hmm. um, Peru has just had four out of four qualifications for the Olympics. They've spent 10 plus million on a, on a surfing development um, centre. And in fact, what I found interesting when I stayed in Miraflores, which is very near to the home of the first ever World Surfing Games in 1965, uh, won by Felipe Pomar, um, it wasn't so much the sort of, the, 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 the poverty was a real mm. thing in mm. Peru, you know, like a, a, a toothache will stay with you yeah. forever there, you know, and, and you know, something that might be solved with antibiotics here could mean death in some areas mm. of Peru. But... One of the things that I found particularly stark was the contrast between rich and, and poor in Peru. So Miraflores mm -hmm. felt like, you know, the King's Road in Chelsea or something. Mm -hmm. And I kind of almost found myself wondering whether a country that hadn't yet taken care of its poor had the right to kind of have such opulence mm -hmm. also within it at the same time. And so I wonder whether um, perhaps what some of the left are motivated by is to kind of, we, we mentioned, we used the phrase direction of travel earlier, it's to keep that direction of travel from... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, further growing the gap between rich and poor well, the in the UK. The, the gap is continuing to grow. Like you, 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 well, you probably know as well as I do that the UK has got one of the UK has got one of the largest um, wealth gaps in Europe by most measures you me by most metrics you measure it by, and that's pro and that's actually been growing, isn't it? Which probably does lead to the resentment which people have. Well, first, I mean, there's there's two two big points here on the on the on the issue of Peru, right? First yeah. of all, um, I haven't been there, but I've been to. Um, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka's yeah. got similar yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, you um, go through Nagumbo and yeah. then you're down yeah. in, yeah. And um, what, is going to, what is going to make those countries better off? What is more likely to increase living standards overall and, and sustainably um, 
is is people like us going there, travelling there, going on holiday there, spending hard currency in those countries. Absolutely, and that's more yeah, likely yeah. to work, to be honest, I think, than an aid programme. Right. So that's the first thing. And, 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 you know, us being able to go over there and encouraging other people to go over there is a good thing. Even if we're yeah. staying in a, in a nice, comfortable hotel, we're employing people locally, there's money going into the economy, hard currency. So that's the first thing. The Then coming back to the UK... Of course, there is um, a difference, but you do have to look at the way this is calculated. So we calculate poverty based on a metric, which is anyone who's earning less than 60% of the, um, the, the median income. That's how, that's how poverty is calculated. So basically, you know, even if we had a country full of millionaires or everyone was earning, you know, huge salaries, there would still be poverty because there'd be some people who are multi multi-millionaires so it's not actual poverty we're not talking about people living as they do in peru in um in, in you know place shanty towns with no water electricity or yes. whatever yeah. what we're just talking about is not quite as wealthy as, as some of the other people but know, if we encourage people struggling to feed their families of course there are of course there are of course there are no no i no doubt about that not like peru though i'll tell no, you I, no I, I, that's I, the point I that's the point Kenya, so I know yeah that. exactly i mean that's that's that, that's the point i make I absolutely we've, we've that. promised that we'll keep it as relevant Sorry. as we yeah. can to surfing um and so i just wanted to say as well something yeah. producer dodd and i were saying when we were preparing for this is we find the whipping system in westminster <laughs> a fascinating idea you know where you're where you're told right yeah. you've got to vote this way um and again, to make it relevant to surfing, I, I think there are many ways in which surf culture has kind of allied itself to ideas of freedom. You know, if you think about the iconic yeah. movies and their yeah. names, you know, free ride, free form, the idea of getting yeah. your toes into the sand, walking off the edge of civilization. Now, maybe this is a very selfish thing for me <laughs> to say, right? But still, What's coming now? What's coming for, now? for better or for worse, the traditions of the sport seem to, seem to encourage and exalt the idea of kind of doing your own thing. So to me, the thought of having to sort of toe a party mm-hmm. line seems mm-hmm. like complete anathema to everything I grew up believing. Do you ever find yourself voting against personal beliefs? And, 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 and if so, how do you bring yourself to do it? Well, I am one it? of the whips now, so I'm one of the ones responsible for <laughs> right, this. So. <laughs> putting everyone in line. Let me see if I can bring in a surfing analogy. Because obviously, you know, um, obviously if you go off and surf scare yeah. on a quiet day in winter, yeah. you can absolutely do your own thing. Right. But supposing you're surfing rest bay in the height of summer, yeah, like we just you've still got it like we yeah but on a really nice day not like what we did now because nobody really cared but then you'd you'd have to obey the drop-in rule wouldn't you yeah of course, so you couldn't right. quite go off and do your own thing you yeah. still have there are still there are still rules there which we all have to uh, sort of follow i don't know if that's a very good analogy or oh not. here we go this uh, is this is uh, mac from the bridgend youth council <laughs> arriving right we're gonna we're, oh, that hang where you are now mac right we're gonna get you sat down in a socially no distanced manner in a second we're just oh, gonna fire so so that's my answer really yeah we all still have responsibilities even when we're out in the water we're still um yeah and, and frankly if everyone if people want to stand as independents good yeah. luck to them then they can do their own thing if they want to stand as conservative or labor uh, so there MPs, is a bit of then they will have to... I think there is a bit of a whipping system in surfing. You, know, you just made me realise when you talk about that because if we're surfing out at the point here, I probably do take a bit of responsibility for making sure that that turn takes Yeah, you're, you're the chief whip. It is. I'm the chief whip. I'm saying, you know, fall in line, don't catch it. You know, this way's yours, this way's yours. Yeah. Insists on your right to be called chief. But it, it is a counterculture sport, though, isn't it? Come on, Dave. You know, it's about punk rock and sleeping rough, isn't it? Big Wednesday, Dogtown, the, well, not the pinstripes in the 1922ers, isn't it? Well, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. It's not like that now, though, is it? Let's be honest about it. We, we were all a bit like that 30 years ago. Right, yeah. Have you been out there? Of course you have. 
Do you know what? You're I... as likely to see grey hair as um, as blonde hair out there at the moment in yeah. fourth court. And there are people I've been uh, going out with for 30 years, and they're, they're, they were older than me 30 years ago. They're, they're, they're pensioners. <laughs> Do you know what? what I, pensioners had, I, had, I had an eye-opening experience the other day. My, my daughter's friendly with a girl whose father's a member of the Royal Fourth Court Golf Club. And I've only ever been in there once, once to caddy, once to watch a tournament, right? And I went in, I went, we, we were meeting to take the girls surfing, and I went, there's a whole scene that changes in the car park of the Royal Fourth Court. They're all members of the Royal Fourth Court. There's all, all the 4 by 4s and all that. And I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, gosh, but, you know, the... the, the oh, yeah, what we're we doing the new golf, basically. <laughs> but I sound, I sound conservative, or small-c conservative now, in the way I'm, I'm talking about the sport, don't I? But you don't have to live up to stereotypes. I mean, you know, if you enjoy serving, you enjoy it. I'm not going to go and pretend I'm to be something I'm not. I'm a Tory MP, for God's <laughs> sake. All right, I'm not in a suit now, but I, I wouldn't worry about yeah. wearing a suit if I needed to. Great stuff, reason. Dave. I think we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go to an important word from uh, one of our sponsors uh, while we move the chairs around to get Mac in and socially distance, man. I'll see you in a few seconds, listeners. Don't press that plus 30 button. Here at No Limit Wetsuits, a reputable company with 30 years experience, we use the best neoprene on the planet. Guaranteed perfect fit, full aftercare service should you need it. So whether you're from North Wales, West Wales, Pembrokeshire or the rest of the UK, feel free to call me or check out nolimitwetsuits.co.uk. Greg Owen, Welsh surfing champ, eight times. Thank you for that. Yeah, so we've now we've now uh, substituted producer Dodd out of the third chair here, um, and uh, we're now joined by Mac, who's uh, who's a member of the Bridgend Youth Council and a local grommet. You'll see him in the lineup mm-hmm. here as well. So you know, this could be you, you, you know, you in uh, a couple of a couple of decades time, Mac. <laughs> Definitely. Went out there on a mini mail. Oh, Getting yeah. in everyone's way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So where are you from then, Mac? Just Portugal. I go to school literally here. Oh, you can Mac, see Mac, the Mac, fields. Mac, that's the location of the Crest Garden ah. Studios. It's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret location. People have been trying to find it, like the Night Garden. They can't. Oh, sorry, hey, sorry. Go on. Right. Okay. Yeah. You were you were you were telling Dave. Yeah. Yeah, Portugal. I lived in Australia for a while, but oh, yeah. Did you? Whereabouts? Oh, the Gold Coast. Oh, whereabouts? Uh, Burley Burley Heads. Yeah, I was lived in Surface Paradise for a uh, spell. I, I do I do know uh, yeah. my way around surfers. Yeah, I know my way around the nightclubs of surfers. I'm not trying to find anything else. There. <laughs> Can't say I particularly do as uh, <laughs> as I was twelve when when we lived there. But yeah, I, I do know uh, Bill Head sort of area quite well. Oh, brilliant. Right now, Mac, that's it. You've officially got the job, right? You're you're now our political editor. Laura Koonsberg had offered to jump ship, Dave, when the role was announced, but uh, when producer Dodd ran over her CV, he wasn't happy with the surfing credentials. So. Plus, she's got a podcast already, and we don't need cast-offs from other shows, do Absolutely we? Absolutely not. Um, you happy with that? Mind you, you sounds can't... perfect to me. I don't know if you're impartial, though, are you? Because you know, on Virgin Youth Council, you kind of you've got this stage in your life. You've kind of got an idea where you think where you think you're, you lie in politics, haven't you? Yeah, probably not, but I'll. I'll I'll try my best. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you mind telling us? Have you done your not at all? I, Where do you sit? I personally am right leaning. Right leaning. Yeah. Dave, yeah. Dave yeah. Sure fist pump. Oh goodness me! And producer Dodd's got his head in his hands. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go back to the corner and read my copy of Red Star. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've been, we've been asking around to try and find out some of the issues that we think are really important mm-hmm. to Matt to surface. We just talked about um, foreign aid, and we were mm-hmm. talking about El Salvador just before you got here, Mac. Um, 
There's, there's probably no prizes for guessing what the most important it, political issue to all surfers is, but, but, but do, do you want to take a punt, Dave, at what you think well, about it? Well, the environment, that? I would imagine. You're exactly right, yeah. 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 Uh, and, and to that end, uh, we're now going to listen to a question that has been sent in to us from Elliot Dudley, who, who finished runner-up to Mac mm-hmm. in applying <laughs> for the, uh, the, the post of Crest's political editor. Good evening, David. My name is Elliot Dudley, a representative for Surfers Against Sewage in South Wales for over 10 years and also a fellow alumni of Baselay Comprehensive School. Previously, you have expressed some scepticism about climate change. However, many, including myself, would argue that climate change will have a huge effect on our oceans, waves and coastal communities. What is your government doing to safeguard our waves and our oceans? Brilliant question. A lot. We're doing a lot. Uh, we've decided to, that Britain is going to be produce, you know, zero carbon neutral by 2050. We're moving towards uh, electric cars very quickly. We're supporting all sorts of renewable energy within Wales. We're looking at uh, the Pembrokeshire dock is going to be a centre, hopefully, for floating offshore wind. So that's going to be the next stage of developing wind power. We've got Hydrogen Hub that has just been announced in North Wales, in Anglesey. We're looking there at a project um, to develop a seabed in, um, off the coast of Anglesey that will enable um, marine power development companies to come in and test prototypes. We've actually got a hydrogen car that's been manufactured in mid-Wales. And, uh, we, I mean, we've got a huge number of projects going on to ensure that Britain's carbon neutral by 2050. And, and they, they're costing a lot of money, and we're putting that money into it. How would you like that for an answer there, Mac? I, I think that's a pretty perfect answer, actually. I, I think showing that this government is trying to put forward an agenda where they're actually planning to make these improvements. You're meant to challenge him now. There was the political editor. Oh, <laughs> well... He's doing a great job here. I think Max oh. is a man. Well... Is this enough? Because lots of political activists and environmentalists believe that what this government has put forward isn't enough because the climate problem is such a huge... Um, what's the word I'm looking for there? Such Problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's pressing, uh, yeah. And is what's been put forward enough? Well... I think it is. It's enough to get us there by 2050. And we're being shadowed by the Climate Change Commission, who, um, who are keeping an eye on our progress. Um, we've also got to be realistic about what we can achieve. Is we- the time Climate Change Commission um, a polit- you know, political, like a, a civil I, service body? Or? Well, they've, they've been quite critical of the government in the past. It's run by, uh, John, I forget his name. He is a former Conservative MP. Forgive me, I've forgotten his name. Right. It will come to me in a moment. I'm having a mind blank. Uh, moment but uh, he's very well known and um yeah they've been very critical of the government on on many issues but we are being we've been chased by them and um we we can do it by 2050 now i know that a lot of environmental uh, environmentalists will say it's not fast enough i accept that but we have to do what's realistic what we yeah. can achieve we can't turn around tomorrow and tell everyone that you've got to stop you've got to stop driving petrol and diesel cars tomorrow we can't do it yeah. you know we've got climate extinction who are sort of saying they they want to air, all of this to stop nobody ever to fly again uh, i mean we can't do that we have we we will have to take the public with us a majority of the public with okay. us and uh, the majority of the public will come on the time scale that we're suggesting and talking time scales right an election term is 
five years or it might end yeah. up being slightly shorter there's rumours of one even at some point this year oh no 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 oh you've no. got it there Chris Scott's that Davis one. denied it no, oh, definitely when, when a Tory politician tells you there's not going to be an election <laughs> they, they I could be eating my hat but I very much doubt that very much yeah. doubt that so um isn't part of the problem that some of these targets are so far off that you can say it, sound popular, win an election and then miss them um, as quite a few of the government's 2020 well, the, targets yeah, went the, that way, didn't the they? The point is, though, you've got to be going step by step towards them, and we are doing. I mean, you look just in the last year alone, I've seen the, the Pembroke Dock Marine announcement. We've had the, the hydrogen hub up in North Wales. Now, I'm, I don't want to run over them all, all right. again, but this is just in Wales, right? Yeah. HS2 is, is a good example okay. of actually a, a, a project that is meant to bring about carbon neutrality. It's getting people off the roads and right. into trains. So um, I think the environmentalists should be a bit more supportive. And, and some of them are just not realistic. I mean, they they need to... If if you believe that the uh, the carbon dioxide is the biggest threat to this planet, right, then you should be supporting anything that reduces carbon dioxide okay. emissions. So you want to be supporting nuclear power because that will give... The electricity and the amounts and predict with the predictability that we need. People need to be supportive of new railways, getting people out of cars and giving them the option to go by train. Okay. So there are things out there that some environmentalists yeah, don't like, but on, they need to support. No, James Lovelock, Nobel Prize winning scientist, He's a good uh, man. Uh, yep. author of the Gaia Hypothesis, a book I loved, did yeah. it did say that he would be prepared to Put take his back nuclear waste in his back garden yeah. to prove that it was safe. I did find that interesting. Max looking like he's going to say something there. <laughs> so what are your views about atheropogenic climate change and if, and if they have evolved since 2013? I think if you look at every speech I've made on climate change in Parliament, I've always begun by making a couple of points. Number one, climate change is happening. Number two, CO2 is a cause of global warming. Mm. Number three, since the Industrial Revolution, there's been more CO2 in the atmosphere than, than, than there was previously, mm. well, certainly for several thousand years. And so number four, it follows ineluctably that, that uh, CO2 is having an impact mm. on climate change. Now, I've made that point. I deliberately make that point at the start of every speech I've made about climate change. And I would challenge anyone uh, like your um, listener there to say to me, like, what is it I have ever said that is factually incorrect? Uh, you know, I, I, I live in hope that somebody can come up and say that. Those four comments I've made at the start of every okay. speech and I've raised uh, questions about it. I, it's not my role to do that now okay. and certainly not today. I um, support the government entirely in its policies. Okay. And in fact, my job is to, inf is to encourage other Conservative MPs to do likewise. To go that way, great. Now, uh, Mark, you, you, you did say, I know we've given you the role of political editor, which maybe it was a bit of a soft thing for us to do, because, <laughs> you know, you, I'd thought initially, oh, he's leaning right, he's going to be really nice. So he promised his <laughs> questions were going to be really nice there, Dave. So that was a bit, yeah, bit, nice bit of a humdinger there, Mark. But now, <laughs> Mark has got another question yeah, around you, boys, which I'm told is really you. kind and warm and yeah. amiable. So as a staunch Brexiteer, how do you think oh, Brexit <laughs> may affect travel for service to the EU? Because as early as 2023, British mm -hmm. people will have to complete an ETIAS application to the EU, which for some may lead to rejection of entry. So with an increase in anti-British sentiment in Brussels, which may result in further restrictions, do you think Brexit will result in it being increasingly difficult for service to travel to the EU long term? Cheapers, Mac! Cheapers! He's on the floor, there's nothing left of him! Oh, be too I think, kind. <laughs> um, okay, I, I will recover myself and say that. Oh. Let's let's look at what we what we've already seen so mm. far. The European Union uh, decided that its policy was going to be 
that countries from outside the EU shouldn't be able to travel mm. into the EU at all because of COVID. Yeah. And Portugal was very happy to go totally against that rule when they realised that they might be on the green list mm. and they actually went against the European Commission ruling on it and said we're ignoring that because we're desperate to have British tourists in. Mm. You know, if, if um, the European Union might want to be difficult about it, but the reality is that European states want British investment and they want British tourists. And we've already seen that individually they're quite willing to, uh, to go against the European Commission in order to make sure that, uh, that the tourist pounds keep rolling in. But is that a... That, that's not a definite thing. That can't be, well, be for definite. sure, really. Nothing's definite in life. I mean, we, I, can't, I stop, we can't stop um, individual nations anywhere in the world from stopping us from going there. But I don't see any reason why they would. And in fact, um, what we've seen suggests quite the opposite, mm. that they're very keen to have us go there. It's, it's less stopping people getting, but less getting people in, but more making it more difficult, which distracts people from wanting to go to these, those countries. Well, they don't, want to, they don't want to make it difficult. Mm. We may have to fill in a form, mm. of course. I mean, you have to fill in forms and visas, go to a lot of places, but... Uh, I don't know whether you will, but, but, but they won't want to make it difficult because all of the evidence suggests that we've seen so far mm. suggests they actually want to make it easy. Look at what mm. Portugal did. They immediately went against the European Union Commission, European Commission, sorry, to ensure that British tourists could get into Portugal with a minimal amount of fuss because they wanted British tourists and British tourists pounds. A lot of, a lot of jobs depend on that. Mm. So why would they stop? that happening why would they throw their own people out of work i don't think it's going to happen can, can i ask you okay yeah. great stuff guys can mm. i ask about um welshness and welsh mm. national identity dave um because logan mm. who you met earlier mm. works up at the surf school alongside max brother yeah um, has previously been to the isa worlds uh, at a situation when wales was a country that it's seen as a country mm. in its own mm. right by the isa now in order to get olympic recognition which is great because surfing's in the olympics this summer um England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland have now got to go back underneath a, a GB umbrella, which meant that only one surfer, Harry Cromwell, went to El Salvador this year, uh, along with five English surfers. So Logan, surely, within the, the context of surfing, would have had more opportunities if Wales is a nation on the world stage, because he doesn't have to be English yeah. surfers, um, and who've got the governing bodies you know, on their doorstep, the industry on their doorstep. Um, so he's had to jump an extra hurdle this year to go to, to Thurzo, narrowly missed out on a spot. Well, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I'm sorry for Logan, who I know a bit. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I get the point, but the, you know, the, the 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 answer is well. Do we want Welsh independence in order to to ensure that in order Logan to get can Logan go into a contest? <laughs> he probably it, would. <laughs> I mean, yes, I accept that, and he, he probably yeah. would, and I'd, I'd see his point. But it's quite a big price to pay. I mean, I think really what we're going to do is look more at. Um, <laughs> Sporting bodies generally, and I'm, right. I will say this: I'll say this on the record, right, for your for your podcast. I've had in the past dealings with uh, various sporting, two sporting bodies in Wales, hmm. and they've been less than satisfactory on a number of fronts. Not right. the not the surfing one, okay. but with two major sports in Wales. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, one hasn't been in the papers recently. Look at the Football Association Wales at the moment. Yeah, they make a decision that a a top women's team yeah. in Abergavenny in the Premier League. That's that's drawn against the team that's at the top of the women's Premier League. They're not going to be in the Premier League next year yeah, because yeah. of a PowerPoint yeah, presentation. Right? I mean, yeah. you know, it, I mean, yeah. you know. So 
I think let's let's look at the the way in which some of these sporting organisations are run within Wales. I can think of another one as well, which, which with some equally bad examples, and, and maybe look at that rather than, okay, you know, it's a bit drastic to say let's have an independent Wales so that we can have somebody in the surfing <laughs> okay. Olympics. Right, now to the really important questions. Producer Dodd has set up a bit of fun for us here. I have. Back in the chair. I, I have. So this last part of the show, we've, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> abandon Crestian time and we're gonna get more, um, more have I got news for you. Oh so we're gonna play, if they surfed, what type of surfer would they be? <laughs> so, so first up, I, I thought the, mo the most obvious example, we, we know exactly what type of surfer this person is going to be. What type of surfer would Farage be? Farage. <laughs> I think Farage would be dropping in on everyone. Yeah, he'd that agro local that says don't surf yeah, my yeah, beach. Yeah, 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 but yeah, he'd be doing that actually. He'd be doing that, but on, uh, on a huge Malibu. <laughs> Citizenship test yeah. before you in come fact, out. In fact, he'd be one of those goat boaters. Do you remember them from the. I do uh, remember you know, them, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Right, well, let's think around. Um, what about Keir Starmer? What sort of surfer would he be? I think Keir Starmer would be a careful um, surfer. He'd be uh, he'd be walking out to about waist high and just turning around and, um, Getting and coming in, water. but this, not taking any risks. Is this a bit risks. of a cheap shot? Can I say, I don't know what sort of surfer he'd be? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what sort of person he is. Or is that... No, sorry, I was going to say that, should I? Yeah, whatever, I don't mind. I think we're one, Tom. Uh, let's let's go for the let's go let's go for let's go for the uh... let's go for the head honcho then. Yeah, what, oh, no, I'm going to get the sack though. If I I think Boris would be um, <laughs> Boris would obviously have um, foamy a large foamy uh, and would would give it a good go, but perhaps um, run over you know yeah Boris would be ploughing over children ploughing over people <laughs> not children though but you know you, you, you could see mind it you there be. was that little kid in the Japanese rugby game. <laughs> <laughs> Boris it would, it would be all right. It would be all right. He would he would get up though. I'm convinced Boris would would get up and ride the waves. Right. Definitely. In the name of fairness, though, if we're calling in Boris, we have to call all the others by their first right. names as well. Because I've always right. found that interesting how he's managed to get a first yeah. name. You know, Tony, when we call Tony him, got Tony Blair. Tony, didn't he? Yeah, I suppose he did. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maggie for Margaret Thatcher. Maggie did. And that wasn't always said in the nicest way. Yeah. Had a certain ring to it sometimes. Okay. Well, okay. these are all okay. the ones that win elections, then. So that's it. You've got to you've got That's to get a first name. You've got to get on first name terms with the media to win elections. Is it? Anyway, sorry. We got we got right. Who are we going to try next, Dodd? Um, let's go for uh, let's go for David Cameron. I think David Cameron. He's a body, it's David known, Cameron. He's a bodyboarder. Over there. It's there, there, there. Oh, the he's beneath contempt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's try some of the other leaders. What, Nicola Sturgeon, what kind of surfer would she be? Oh, he's having a good thing. I'm having to, yeah, I'm having to think about this one. She'd be... Uh, I think she'd be pretty I good. I think she'd probably have a board like mine, which, which makes you look a bit better than you actually are. Oh, <laughs> you know, sort of a, a trimmed down mini. Oh, the nationalists again here. What about Adam <laughs> yeah. Price then? They're all, oh. they're all going to go off Googling now to find out what this actually means. Sorry, what um, about Adam Price? Oh, Adam, I think Adam would be quite a good surfer, actually. Um, he'd, he'd, probably, he'd probably be out there on, um, you know, on a reasonable sized shortboard getting a few waves. I, I, mean, I, I think, think Adam Sturgeon would be, right. be a bit of a whippersnapper as well, I reckon. I don't know. Okay. Don't know. Gove. Oh. Gove is a very polite man, so um, he'd probably be out there with a shortboard, not getting any waves at all, <laughs> and too polite to try and paddle for anything. <laughs> he'd be going around the point on the rip, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. Sunak. 
Richie Sunak. Richie, you, Richie would be. Uh, Richie, Richie will have. Um, I've had a few meetings with him. Frighteningly clever guy. You know, he's the sort of person that would have done the Rubik's cube in six seconds. So he would have gone off and calculated to the absolute centiliter. Oh, the thing and yeah. the how many board? You know, how many liters it's going to be and what the nose is going to look like. He will have a custom-made board. I imagine Sunak perfect, in a very, very expensive wetsuit that looks really good on him. Got to balance the genders out here. What about Pretty Patel? What would she be like surfing? Uh, she would be heading across the channel to stop anyone going <laughs> to the beach in France. <laughs> Great stuff. Thanks for being a sport oh, with that, Dave. Um, yeah, oh. we always like to try something new when we've got this type, when we've well, got a I'll new type be, of guest. Well, I'll probably be next week yeah. uh, up here. Whether I've got a job um, in London is another matter after this, but still. Now, we're, we're back on the usual territory to finish off. Surf travel nightmares. Yeah. We'll be running these. Um, do you have a surf travel nightmare, apart from the time you went to Porthcourt to go on Crest Podcast in the garden no, studio? No, no. <laughs> I think um, it wasn't a nightmare, but I, I think I mentioned it earlier on. I got very ill in Sri Lanka. Right, OK. And I came back for the warm beer, the, uh, the friends... The surfing at Porthcourt, I suddenly realised this wasn't a nightmare. This was absolutely right. You yeah. can you can spend all your life thinking, looking at those magazines and thinking about that. Oh, I mean, you've experienced them. Yeah. You know, but actually, there's something about this place, isn't there? There is. You know, yeah. We yes. don't know what's on. We don't appreciate what's on our own doorstep. We've got all these wonderful spots here, and let's be honest, even when it's blown out at rest, we can always go around to Coney and with a Malibu and get something. So, appreciate what you've got. That's my um, my good philosophy in life. Brilliant. Amazing, Dave, yeah. yeah well, thanks very much for coming on. Not at all. Now, who knows, anyway, because we did the surf travel nightmares to try and put ourselves off wanting to travel and getting that wanderlust. We may be only a few good pieces of news away from some serious travel prospects. Anyway, we're always keen to hear guest thoughts on the stories they hear, uh, or indeed any of the issues discussed today. I think Mac and Dave are going to have a, a lengthy discussion uh, in the bottom end of the garden now by the sound of things. Uh, as always, our email is castcrest at gmail.com. You can also contact us through Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you've enjoyed our chat with the Honourable David T.C. Davis today uh, and want to hear more, then I can draw you to our extensive back issue and also ask that you kindly subscribe to us on one of the many platforms from which our episodes can be downloaded. Chief ones tend to be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or YouTube. We'd also be stoked if you left a review too. In the meantime, thanks again for listening to this one. Thanks, Dave, too, for being on it. In a fortnight's time, all being well, we will be just days out from surfing's Olympic debut. And as a result, we're going to be doing an Olympics special with some great guests. There might not be a Welsh rider on this occasion, but we found plenty of Wales relevant angles and the greatest sport on earth will be getting ready to join the greatest festival on earth. We can't wait. In the meantime, thanks for listening and see you all again. Diolcham Grando, Aguelachietro Anessa. Goodbye, everybody. I'm Mac. Goodbye.